0: Hello everyone, welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, as always, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, uh, it's first mailbag Friday in a while.
1: It is, um, looking forward to it. I'm sure everyone's questions are real nice and positive, so well, ready to answer them.
0: I forgot that it was even Friday until you texted me last night and you said mailbag episode tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? It's only Wednesday. <laughs> no, like, wait. No, it's Friday. But I did. Put I think having questions. that game on
1: a uh, having the game on Wednesday yeah. instead of Tuesday always throws me off as well. They've had a couple of those Wednesday games now, and it really seems like a quick turnaround.
0: Yeah, and these these questions uh, they came. I think this was Tuesday night that I put this tweet out, but none of the questions are outdated. Like they're all the same issues, same questions when it comes to basketball. So let's just jump right into the first one. This comes from Brandon. Do we have to sign a petition to get Cal to stop playing three bigs, even though it kind of worked against Missouri? <laughs>
1: oh, man. Uh, the lineup that really makes me chuckle is the Toppin. Uh, Toppin Ware, and I think it's whenever maybe Sar is out there too. Although Sar shoots it pretty well for a big man. But when it, you can't really play Toppin and Ware together. Neither one of those guys can – I mean, where at the Missouri game, you watched him, uh, they would leave him wide open at the top of the key, which is fine. I mean, he's, he's a big, he's not going to be out there shooting. But Toppin's kind of the same way. He's not really going to attempt threes. He attempts a lot of jump shots, uh, but he's not a consistent kind of shooter who worries you. So, I, I don't know. Those guys I just named said Sar are all going to be back next year, and you're going to add Shoeboy in there, who is not a threat, like Sar to step out and shoot. So I, w- I, w- I might be a little nervous that that could happen some more next year, too. We might have some top and wear and-, and shoe boy
0: lineups. And then you had Keon knocking down some threes the other night. So are we going to see, you know, more threes? Keon at the lineup. two. <laughs> <laughs> he's going he's gonna to do it. And put Keon at the two and put three bigs at the three, four, five. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lineup of Sar, Ware, and Jackson in <laughs> there together. No, uh, I don't know. that that's, that's Cal's thing. I don't know why he likes that so much. Uh, next question comes from Ben. Do you all ever see Cal updating his system and winning another title here? Final Fours and Elite Eights will only carry for so long. Derek, you're already, you're already kind of seeing that. It's been so long since they've gotten back to a Final Four. What would just getting to a Final Four do for this fan base? I know it's, this is a fan base who they want national championships. They don't want Final Four appearances. But what would just getting to a Final Four do?
1: Well, I mean, I think that would get some heat off for sure. Uh, it's not going to be the case this year. Next year I think it will be tough as well. I, we'll see. I mean, his his radio comments last night, which I didn't listen to the full thing, but I saw some tweets, it makes it sound like he's at least wanting to add some more shooting in the future, although saying that and doing it is is a different thing. You know, we got to see if he'll actually follow through on that. Here's where I am with Cal. And I think until he shows otherwise, it's fair to say this. This is a guy who's coached for 30-plus years. He's won, I think, 78% of the games he's ever coached. Already in the Hall of Fame, I mean, a a guy who has had a ton of success doing things the way he's done it. I think it could be hard to convince a guy to change a lot. Maybe he does a little bit here and there to change, but I think in his heart of hearts, I mean, he's going to kind of do what he's always done and trust that he knows will work. So I I don't know. I mean, he has to prove to us, I think. I'm not just going to say, yeah, he's going to change because he said on his radio show he's going to add more shooting. I mean, at the end of the day, he has a guy on his team right now who's a very good shooter who, you know, has I mean, he plays some here and there with Allen. I mean, he's had some games he's played a lot, and this is not me saying – I'm not one of the people saying you know, he needed to be in a whole lot more against Missouri because they played just fine without him, I thought the other night. But just the whole – Think about those first seven games, Sean, when they could not score at all, but he refused to play Dante. You know, I just think unless he can get a guy who is a good two-way player, it's still going to be hard for him to just put someone on the floor that he trusts can, can knock down shots, but maybe give up some points on the other end.
0: Yeah, and, and two, you know, here it is. I mean, they're, they're not making the NCAA tournament unless they run off and win the SEC tournament a month from now. Who knows if that even gets played. So the last time they were in the tournament, though, they were shot away from getting to the Final Four. But it feels like a lifetime ago since that game, and I don't know, Derek. This is this is a program that needs they need a deep run into a Final Four at some point because it's been a, it feels like it's been a decade since the undefeated push in 2000. You,
1: you think about the last three tournaments they've actually gotten to play in. I mean, 2017 against North Carolina. I mean, those are two of the best teams in the country. That was a really good Kentucky team. They got beat on a buzzer beater to a team that went on to win the title. I mean, it's a tough way to go out. I get it, fans. Uh, fans obviously wanted that win bad. I don't, obviously, you always want to win when you get that far in the tournament. But then you think about the next year, uh, the Shea Gilgis Alexander team. It was not a very good team. I mean, matter of fact, the only reason people even thought they might be able to make a run is because of the draw, the way that it opened up for them. I mean, they they had to beat Kansas State and Loyola Chicago once they got to Atlanta, and so that they could have had a tournament run of uh, Davidson, Buffalo, Kansas State, and Loyola. And they get beat by a Kansas State team that, you know, I I don't beat the drum too hard on that team because I didn't think they were all that great anyway. So I'm not going to act like it was some huge disappointment that they didn't make the Final Four. I would say that was kind of the, the reverse where the tournament opened up in a way that maybe that comes to be a disappointment. But then, like you said, with Auburn, I mean, you come up, that's a team you beat twice in the regular season. Matter of fact, I think they beat Auburn by close to 30, right, at Rupp that year. And then you get into the tournament, Auburn beat Kansas, they beat North Carolina, and then they come in and they, they beat Kentucky. I mean, they just they faced a hot team. Kentucky didn't play supremely well or anything, and you can come up a little bit short. So what Cal has a chance to do, I would say, Sean, is th- this year has to just be a, kind of a blip on it, like a – a, just a, it's a horrible year. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's going to stand out in his coaching resume forever as people will go through his time at Kentucky and say, what in the hell happened in 2021 to where they only won, I don't know, eight or nine games. We'll see what they end up winning. If he can flip that and get back to a point next year where they're, even if it's just like last year's team, you know, if you get back to winning the league, you will have people feeling good again. But at this point, though, he's in a, he's going to be going into next season with a and kind of a scenario he's never been in. Because I honestly, I don't know how you feel about it. I, I think there's going to be people who are going to take a wait and see approach next year, versus how it's been every other year where you automatically get excited about the team.
0: Well, you can't you can't just assume that the number one recruiting class is going to come in and make a deep run to the Final Four and fix it all. Because I mean, obviously we saw that this year uh, that it, that it's not working out. And then two, I guess it all depends on how many like who comes back out of this group is I think is the biggest question. Not as much as it, yeah. you know quantity as it is quality and stuff. Uh, UK Shane has the next question. Do you think it will hurt recruiting the way the season has went? Are there any recruiting updates? Derek, what John Calipari has built over the course of a, longer than a decade at Kentucky, I think it would take more than just this one season to completely derail what he does recruiting. But just... Some stuff with the fans, like some the negativity from the fan base, I know that that is being used in some recruitments, like it always has been. I mean, these other schools are taking that and using it as bulletin board material and stuff to say, hey, why would you want to send your kid to Kentucky when this is the reaction they do, their fans have? And, not, and it's not the entire fan base. It's probably actually a small percentage, honestly, but it's the loudest because it looks the worst. I don't think, though, I don't think it's going to significantly impact recruiting But Cal has to get back to being the positive PR guy in press conferences because you can't come off like – even when you go back and listen to his post-game show with Leach, what he said, he didn't really say anything awful about Terrence Clark. But you just have to be careful about how you approach things because that stuff will be used against you if it comes off that you're throwing kids under the bus when things are getting hard.
1: No question. I mean, I think Kentucky is still going to be a program that kids – the kids come, to because they want to get to the NBA as fast as possible. I think that's why Kentucky is. I mean, at this point, maybe at another point in the Kelly era, you had a little bit more of a mix between kids who, yes, they wanted to get to the league as fast as possible, but they also wanted to help restore that Kentucky brand and play for Kentucky. I mean, I think early on in the Kelly era, you had some of that. Whereas, to be quite honest, I think now it has totally gone to you go to Kentucky because you just want to go to the NBA as fast as possible. And that's worked for Cal up until this year, really. I mean, even some of those other years, 2013, obviously, was a rough year. But that's that was on the heels of a title, though. So fans can take that a little bit more than they can take this terrible season, five, six years removed from a um, Final Four appearance. But I don't know. I mean, if you look at 22, like we, we had an update on 24-7, Kaysen Wallace from Texas, a five-star guard, Um we have an analyst who thinks Kentucky's in great shape for him. It's actually Brandon Jenkins, who's been on this uh, podcast. He thinks UK will be a player there. Like, I think they're still going to get five-star kids. I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I, it's hard for me to say. Like, I don't think one year, one bad year is going to totally erase everything Cal's done at Kentucky, but uh, we'll have to see. I mean, they're in good shape for Jaden Bradley. I think, you know, Jalen Duran, they're, they're – Recruiting hard. I mean there's some guys that if they get you, you'll
0: feel good, but
1: I don't know, Sean. I think that's too I think it's
0: early to say. It is, but the, the one thing that I think needs to be the focal point moving forward is Derek, I don't I don't think that he just needs to take five star kids anymore. Like I don't think that you just need to go out and let's say you get six of the top twenty kids. Like I think he needs to still get that mix, that blend of, you know, elite talent. But he also needs to look at how he's filling out his roster you got to fill your roster out. Like let's say you go and you get two, top 50, two to three top 15 kids or top 20 kids. Great. What you need to look at is if those kids aren't shooters, go get a couple shooters that can fit alongside those guys that make games and life easier on those kids, and those kids make it easier on shooters. I think that that needs to be the approach is there needs to be a balance there with elite talent and then talent that fits your system and what you want to do offensively.
1: Don't you feel like this this off season will be the most telling in terms of? And maybe someone will ask this later. I've, I'm not quite looked, but this off season to me, I think will tell the tale of, of Cal moving forward. If they still have a mass exodus off this team, I will probably tell you there's no hope that things are going to get a whole lot better in the Cal era. Now I'm not saying every year is going to be as bad as this year. Like I think this can be your chance to turn things around, though, and eliminate that whole. If you're just coming to Kentucky, it's to get to the league as fast as possible. Is there a spot in the program for some guys like that? Like you're saying, I think so. I think if you recruit two guys like that a year who are going to be one and done, but you got other kids around them who are cool being here three, two, three, four years, I could see you making it work that way. But I agree with you. With, 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 I think a good prospect to look at for this is the, the Podzimski kid, yeah. Brandon. He's a... Big-time scorer in high school, not – I mean, he's really blown up here lately. He was just a three-star recruit when Kentucky and Kansas offered him. He is the kind of guy that fits your need for next year for shooting. Now, can he come in and play elite defense, do all those other things? I I don't know. He's pretty much labeled as a big-time scorer right now. But on a team that's going to need some shooting next year, I mean, that's the kind of kid I think they probably need to be targeting pretty hard, although I've not heard too many updates on him. Besides, he's going to be – I think he's cutting his list – Next month or maybe this month?
0: I'm not sure. I can't remember, but it is coming up soon. That, that, that's a kid that I think that they need to take, honestly. Yeah, for sure. You can get him. I mean, you get a shooter and you add it to that class, absolutely. And then you go look at the portal and see if you can get a veteran who can shoot the ball at a high clip. That, that That's how I think he needs to fill out his rosters moving forward. Uh, next question comes from – it's another one from Brandon. What would be this team's record if we swapped B.J. Boston for Ron Howard?
1: Well, I'm gonna yeah, say. I don't think it'd be any different, I mean.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: I don't want to get into this kind of conversation. I mean, Ryan Howard is a great uh, player for Kentucky. And BJ, I think, is, as far as I've been on BJ, I think he's made some strides here lately. I really do. Like, he's not. Yes. Matter of fact, thinking about that Missouri game, I can't really remember too many times he did something all that stupid on the offensive end in terms of shot selection. Like, I think he... He's been playing with – like, I think Brandon's someone you've seen get a little bit better this year. Um, well, he reverted at times. I'm sure he will. But hit a transition three the other night. If he can, he's just not strong enough right now, I would say. And I know Jimmy Dykes, they had a big conversation about him and the NBA. And I would I would probably echo those thoughts, but that's just not how things work. I mean, he's, I think he's still going to leave regardless. But uh, he – I don't know. I just don't think that Brandon's one of the – it's a big issue in the fact that he is not the kind of elite player that he was labeled to be. But even then, Sean, I think even if they had a absolute stud like that, I just see way too many holes in this team to, to think they would have been anything special this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of flaws on this roster. The next question comes from Ron Lemon's hair plugs, Derek. And it says, why are we such hot doo-doo this year? <laughs> well,
1: I think we've beat it to death while they're so bad this year. I mean, it's a lot of things, uh, I don't know. Sean, where do you want to start? It's a I clip. just named one with B.J. Boston. I mean, they don't have a star, and whether their that's other, fair to B.J. or not, I don't know. But he was well, the one who was labeled as a top player.
0: And their other labeled star has been out since the Louisville game. it has been out for a yeah. long period of time. Uh, Olivier Sar has not been what everyone kind of thought he was going to be. But then again, his role is different than what
1: – Have we reached a point, though, with Olivier Sar where it's like – Maybe there was just way too much put on this kid to begin yes. with. Yes. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it, that all plays into it. I think not having the normal summer and fall also plays into it. I don't think that plays as much, though, as what Cal thinks it does. Uh, because still, these other schools and stuff didn't even get in the gym at all. Yeah. At least Kentucky was in the gym for like six weeks before a lot of programs were. And those programs are still doing fine. Uh moving on to the next question though let's see here it says assess the likelihood and surplus of fours and fives for next year if Isaiah Jackson returns too good to be true inconsistency of those positions should not be an issue next year Derek it would be fantastic if Isaiah Jackson did return next year but I think he's the one guy who honestly has to go off this roster considering that I mean, he's he's the guy that's the, the the hottest name right now when it comes to an NBA draft board. And given the success that he's had, it just looks like that it is too good to be true to think that he returns. And that could surprise us. But it's a really solid question because there should be a lot of pieces there. Should be. Key word being should be. Lance Ware, Jacob Toppin, Keon Brooks. I really like what Kentucky has in the front court next year. Now I think it's going to be about getting those guys to return and then figuring what in the heck you're doing in your backcourt.
1: Yeah, I mean, you name the guys. You name three of them right there, right? Brooks, Ware, Toppin, and then you got Shubway, and then you're going to have uh, Damian Collins. Then as, I think Bryce Hopkins could be, right? I, I can't really figure out if he's a three or a four. I mean, he's the 6'7", pretty strong type kid, though. So even – like I, yeah, I agree. I, I think Jackson – he got up to, I think, 15th year recently in ESPN's mock draft. And I actually think that would be a great range for him. Yeah. Um, I think anywhere 15 to 20, a team's going to be getting a steal because he doesn't strike me as an immediate, like, impact NBA guy. I think he can get on the floor and play a little bit. But his, his offensive game is it's a long way away from uh, being where it needs to be, probably, in the NBA. But a guy who can block shots and rebounds like that, like that – He's gonna get a lot of teams excited. I think I could actually see him going higher than well, his, 15th or whatever.
0: His lack of his offensive game is why I think that he has to go now. Just yeah. because you're you're gonna have more time in the NBA to work on that skill than what you do taking classes in college and coming back to Kentucky for another year. So if you're good enough to then, be in yeah. range, then you you go work on your offensive game at the NBA.
1: Like to me, Jackson. At this point, Sean, I'll be honest, Like, I don't think he has much of a decision to make. Like, I think he should absolutely go to the NBA. And he's not going to be a guy that I think – I mean, would, would they love to have him back? Sure. But we just named off a bunch of guys who I think could be very good players uh, next year. Yeah. And if you're concerned about all the bigs playing together, you could very easily see a situation, at least I could, where he would play Keon Brooks, Isaiah Jackson, and Shoe Boy all together. So if you're wanting to avoid that uh, – <laughs> Maybe Jackson leaving uh, would help that scenario, although you might see Damian Collins slide into a similar role. Well, that, but you're, you're totally right about the backcourt. That, that is for sure the big – like, they're going to be fine in the front court next year, at least in terms of bodies. There needs to be development for sure, but it's they're not going to have any trouble finding guys down in the post next year to, to help them.
0: And that goes right into the next question from Kentucky Sports Talk. It says, without knowing the full roster, what are your realistic expectations for next basketball season? Also – what does Kentucky have to do to avoid another poorly constructed roster next season? The crowded four spot worries me a bit. So right into the previous question flows right into this one, Derek, and you just you went into it with all the bodies there and the possibilities. And, you know, we know Cal likes to play three bigs. Uh, so what is, <laughs> what is the solution to not? Because we're also, what happens with Cameron Fletcher? Like where does he fit into this? Where does Bryce Hopkins? You mentioned is he a three? Is he a four? Like where do these are some of these pieces? 2021, it's going to be hard to convince kids to say, "Hey, your time is three years from now." But is is yeah. that the case for a couple of these guys? Like I don't see Cameron Fletcher being a, an immediate player next year in the rotation. I think that if maybe three years from now, junior year, but I just don't see it next year with the bodies that we expect them to have back.
1: Yeah, it seems to me like Fletcher would have to – he would have to hope that some guys left unexpectedly or whatever for him to to really factor in. Um, So let's just use a scenario that Jackson, Clark, and Boston are not on next year's team. Uh, Let's say Star doesn't come back either. He just chooses to go overseas and back home to play uh, professionally in Europe. I'm not going to put Mintz in this group because – he, uh, I almost feel like if he wanted to come back, they should strongly consider having him back. I mean, I think you'd have to for with how unexpected the guard play is going to be. So let's say Mintz is back in the backcourt. Askew comes back. Dante comes back. It's three guys. They got Hickman coming in for sure, so that's four. Is that enough, Sean, to get through next season, or do you try to push Scott Clark up? Do you try to get some – do you try to get Podzimski? Do you try to add a grad transfer or a regular transfer? I guess now to the backcourt. I mean, I don't know. Like, I still think that is going to be a for sure a really big question mark on next year's team. Even if you do get Mintz and ask you back and Allen,
0: I think Scott Clark's coming next season. That's just that's my prediction. Yeah. Was,
1: also, we also didn't mention for him that he uh, he he opted out of his high school season. I don't think yeah, we mentioned that on this yeah, show. And his brother did. Yeah.
0: So that that's an interesting note that I just, I just have a feeling that he's going to be on next season's roster. Uh, I don't know about the backcourt. The backcourt, we're going to have to watch and see exactly how Cal manages this down the stretch. What happens with Dante Allen? You know, is it is it getting sour a little bit? I mean, is it to the point to where he decides that he says, you know what, I'm going to go to Xavier or somewhere else and play the rest of my college career, Derek? I don't think that's out of the question, uh, given frustration and everything else. I think Cal needs to do a very good job over the next five to six weeks of trying to keep a lot of these guys happy,
1: I actually had a question. Uh, it's from Trey, who comes into the mailbag a lot. He wanted he wanted us to do a role play of uh, like if I were Dante Allen and you were Cal, or and you have to try to convince me as to why to stay next year. That's what he wanted us to do. And, and I would say, like, I don't know. You think Dante? It's a tricky situation. I, I think Dante, there needs to be some nuance with it because he is not, he is, he's actually quite far from being a complete player. Mm. But I can see in the sense that given how much some other guys have struggled this year, um, maybe it does feel like he's been singled out at times. At times, not always, but at times. I don't know. I, I, I truly feel like Dante will be back next season. And you will have a better idea after next year as to what his future will be, in my opinion.
0: So, are we going to do this role play thing?
1: If you want to, uh, if you want to say what Cal's pitch should be in order to keep him around, but yeah, you can go for it if you want to.
0: Well, I'm not Cal, so <laughs> my, this would be my pitch, but. I'm I'm trying to get inside the mind of Cal here. What would Cal say to Dante Allen if Dante Allen walked in his office and said, hey, I'm thinking about transferring? Well, I think it would be desperation mode. I really do. I think you'd have to be desperate because this is an in-state kid who was Mr. Basketball, the first kid that you've offered in-state for a long time, and he walks out of your program.
1: The after PR will be very you, bad, yeah, yeah,
0: if he leaves. And he walks out after a year where you struggled to do the one thing that he's really, really good at, at three-point shooting, and you you haven't played him. Uh, I think that it would have to be a convincing say, like, "Hey, you're you got a you got a full season here. You got a full healthy season in this program. Uh, come back, help us space the floor." I don't know what his pitch would be, just because I just. How do you confidently pitch something to a kid that really hasn't seen much? I don't know. Like, the inconsistency in minutes for him is what blows my mind. I'm paying close attention tomorrow to seeing how much he plays against Tennessee. Uh, If it's another 10, 7, 8, 9, 10-minute game, I don't know, Derek. I mean, because this is a guy that was playing 24, 25 minutes.
1: And, again, I'll say it. I said it the other day, like – they're going to add some pieces after this year. I'm quite confident in that, but we don't know who those guys will be yet. And if Boston's gone next year, if Clark is gone next year, there is not going to be the all piece pee some people who think Cal uh, favors the the one-and-done types. There's not going to be a one-and-done type shooting guard on next year's team, as it stands right now. It would – basically, and I would say the only player who could even change that is going to be Jaden Hardy if for some reason he decides to come to college. And I'd say him coming to UK is very unlikely. But he would be the only kind of player that would for sure demand minutes and and just be flat out better than Dante. So to me, if you're Dante looking at this thing next year, to me there's a pretty clear path. And that's why I'm saying you'll have a better idea next year. If he comes back next year and he's just got to compete with maybe a transfer from somewhere who's not a superstar but is a solid player, and you got to compete with Askew, Clark, and Hickman, and you're still not playing very much, at that point he should probably consider his options. Yeah, But I I think he should come back next year. I really do. Unless something crazy happens, then he should probably be going into this year or finishing this season strong, hoping to go into next year with an opportunity. Quite frankly, he could start next season. I mean, I think there's a,
0: a clear path to that. Here's why I come back if I'm Dante Allen. Not only just because of what you just said, But I come back and I use this blanket waiver to return my freshman eligibility. Yeah, that's true. And then this new transfer rule, when it goes into place, if I don't like how things are going next year, I transfer. And then I go play somewhere else.
1: He would still have four years left.
0: He he would. If he wanted it, yeah. He would. So I I don't think that this is a kid who should feel like the clock's ticking on his career because I just think that everything that he's been through with the injuries – and everything, and now this blanket waiver is kind of like an insurance policy for yourself. of a really of try good something point. out, that yeah. I just think that he just needs to just say, look, hey, I'm coming back. I'm a freshman again. I have experience in this program, and if it doesn't work out after this, then I can transfer and be immediately eligible somewhere and still play sophomore, junior, senior season with the experience he's had at Kentucky.
1: That's a great point. I mean, he, he could be a Well, would he have four years or three? So he's a redshirt freshman, so he'd sell four years. Yeah, so
0: he'd be, that's could pretty be, crazy. He could be a six-year yeah. player in a program, like a six-year program player, if he stayed at Kentucky through, if he uses this waiver and stays off four years. I think That's the thing. I think every one of these kids should use the blanket waiver, like every kid. Just use it because you don't know when you're going to get hit with an injury. Like let's say that one of these kids comes back and decides to use their sophomore eligibility, like a Jacob Toppin or a Keon Brooks, and you have an injury next year then you're not going into senior year. Then you're going into junior year coming off of Definitely. injury. I just think that you every kid should use it, in my opinion. Uh, next question, though. How much does Calipari's legacy sour if he never adapts to modern basketball? Derek, we've seen shot chart after shot chart. We've seen UK's shot chart compared to Iowa's shot chart. We've seen UK's <laughs> shot, shot chart compared to Alabama's shot chart. It has to sour, right? But it also goes back to one of those things that, that I keep saying nothing ever ends the way you planned it to end. But this thing can still have a very good ending, Derek, if he does accept change and he does accept that the game is kind of passing him by. and He needs to modify and change some things a bit. The game is like when I got into coaching in 2009, the game is nowhere near what it was in 2009, even at the level of basketball I coach at. Yeah, I
1: still think it's, I still think it's too early to say for sure. I mean, Sean, last this time last year, they were in the midst of what, like a eight nine game winning streak, something like that. I think
0: Facebook memory so reminded me. Of so it like,
1: playing. has this year been terrible? A- absolutely, I absolutely think it has been. I think any kind of criticism he's gotten, like I think it's been a terrible year for Cal coaching this team. I think it's been terrible for him his messaging has been way different than what it normally is. Like, I'm not going to argue with anybody that's been a terrible year. I'm not ready to go down this path, though, of saying Cal is is that it can't be turned around. No. Now, for the question's sake, if he just refuses and he just wants to keep doing what he's doing, then, yeah, like, he's going to probably earn that reputation that he had his heyday in the, 2000, in the 2010s. Uh, and then towards the end of part of his career, he just wasn't as good. I think Cal deserves a chance to adapt because um, even, you know, this time last year, like things were going pretty well for this program where they, they had lost to Evansville and they lost to Utah. Like it was not a great season last year in terms of like his very, very best seasons, but hell, I mean, they won the SEC by three games. They, I've been on record saying I don't think they would have been a team that made a really deep run, but they still would have been a, I think a second weekend potentially type team. And I know it's not what everybody strives for at Kentucky, but you don't have the, all these narratives, though, that you're getting now. So when,
0: when I see Emmanuel quickly doing what he's doing right now, I kind of look back and think, man, I would have liked to have seen that kid make a run in the tournament to see what he yeah. did. I mean, I well, don't Tyrese Maxey. Really, we knew that Emmanuel had a really good year last year. But, Derek, I'm going to admit, I didn't realize how good he actually is.
1: Oh, no, I mean, I don't think any of us.
0: <laughs> no, like that, I mean,
1: he's, he's tearing it up. He's well, just, he's, he's that,
0: that goes back into, like, a month ago, we were asked about take a player out of the last four years. And I, I didn't have Emmanuel quickly in my starting five. I had, like, Keldon Johnson. And I'm like, every time I keep looking at that, I've, I've thought about that. And I'm like, I'd put him at the one, the two, and the three just to get him on the floor if I had to.
1: Yeah, and he's the kind of guy that he didn't show a – ton his freshman year. Now, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to be nice towards Askew and say this is, like, the best case scenario for you. Uh, there are some major differences, though. I'm not trying to compare those two as players, like... But what I'm saying is, Quickly... Quickly didn't get as many minutes that Askew has been blessed with, because there were far better players on Quickly's freshman team. But, again, it's the kid that Quickly didn't even start until when, Sean, like... <laughs> SEC player, right? I mean, he wasn't even starting, and yeah. then he comes to be the SEC player of the year. What I'm saying is, like, he's someone who adapted, worked really hard. Askew, like, they're kind of similar in the fact that they came in as point guards, but as it looks like right now, like, they're like Askew's probably not going to be a point guard next year. I mean, at least as a starter, I wouldn't think. So maybe try to use Quickly as a guy to to watch and try to develop like him. Although I don't, I don't think he's near as talented as Quickly is, but he could still be productive. Player in this program, to me, like we were saying the other day, if he kind of shifts his his expectations and his role, but I don't remember what the main question was. Was about Cal game passing him up?
0: Yeah, and, will and it, I say not yet,
1: not yet. It's not, it's not passing by just yet. But if it's no, another year or two like this, then he'll have some heat on him for sure. Well,
0: I mean, do I have concerns about the UK basketball program? Absolutely. I think every single person involved or watching it with a close eye should have concerns. Because it's, it's at a point of change, but I'm not ready to put the nail in the coffin at all. Like I'm...
1: Think he, about this too. I yeah, think about this. Like he he's kind of stuck right now. Like we can talk about, listen, I, I'm just, with, I'm with everybody else whenever I see, like we talked about earlier, when I see Toppin and Ware and those guys, like, yeah, it does seem very like 1995-ish. However, this roster is what it is. Like he's he's very limited let's let's let him have an off season coming up to, to try to make some changes. If he decides that he doesn't want to do that and he, does he have the same problems next year? I think it's free game to, to say whatever you want about Cal. But like right now you can't really scream for changes on I mean, what's he supposed to do. There's just not really, you know, the roster is what it is. You can criticize him for the roster construction. You can criticize him for not having the talent. That's fair. But I say, give him an off season right here to, to, to figure out if he can turn things around um, at least one off season and Next year needs to be better, no question about it. But let's see how he uses the transfer portal. Let's just, I think, give him some time, before we just say that it's never going to be any better than it is right now.
0: Absolutely. And now we get into the fun questions. Like these are the questions I'm, I'm excited for. Uh, not just because it's football, but one of them is it's definitely right up our alley, Derek. This one comes from Tanner. Are we officially a football school? If I can't even think of any good basketball questions. Predictions for UK football's most valuable players on offense and defense next season. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and throw you out mine on offense. I think you have to go Wandale, right?
1: You know what's crazy, Sean, and I was, I had Chris Rodriguez and Deering Kennard in my mind. I don't know that's quite set in with me yet that like even though I want to write it in stories that Wandale's here. Um but no, that's a good pick. I mean that's the thing, you got options, right? You got yeah. options this
0: year. Good tight ends. You got great linemen. You got a really good running backs. You got wide receivers now. Uh, how about one of those quarterbacks? Let's say they come in and they show that they can throw the ball, then pretty valuable piece. And yeah. then on the, on the defensive side too, uh, Derek. If if Jamin Davis had come back, I would have said Jamin, but I'm going to roll with uh, Josh Paschal.
1: That's a good choice. I'm going to say Paschal or Corker would be. Uh... My two. What do you think, Sean, uh, about I, – I, I, he's probably being facetious. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I don't think anyone is – I've had people text and say, oh, well, we're a football school now, things like that. And I, I, I get it, like, what they're saying. I mean, I will say, and I told my buddy who covers South Carolina this, to me the pulse of the fan base for the first time, honestly, and since I've been alive, might be that people are looking forward to spring practice more than they're looking forward to the next basketball game. Yeah. Which I would have never said
0: before. I've always been at the SEC tournament and not in Lexington covering spring football interviews. Yeah. Like I've just – that's always been where the focus has been, and I kind of have to go back and catch up on football when it's over. But uh, this year – There will be a lot of people
1: covering spring football this year. There will (laughs) be. It
0: seems like in March. Uh, And here's the fun question. This comes from Ben. Who will be U.K.'s highest rated player on the new NCAA football game? So that game will not come out with this season. But just for the right. fun of it, just for the fun okay. of it, Eric, let's go off this roster since we know it. I'm going to go Darian Kennard would be their for highest sure. rated player. And I'm thinking no like a 94 or a 95 possibly, maybe even higher.
1: Yeah, well, he's, he's going to be – I think he's going to be a consensus first team All-American. If he's not consensus, I mean, he's going to have a lot of places that do consider him that. And I don't know what the scale is on that game. Uh, but yeah, he'd be—he'd definitely be in the 90s. I'm trying to think if there'd be anybody like I think Wandell would be pretty high, maybe not like in the 90s range, but it's I gotta like think an upper 80s, yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking, Number upper three. 80s. Uh, anybody else on? I think you'd have a lot of like low 80s, which is not bad. Like you could have a pretty Max good Duffy team on that game. Back,
0: where that. would he be? <laughs> i an You need to Duffy, put him in 99 game, yeah.
1: kick power 99, kick accuracy 99. Good athleticism too. You got to put that ju- uh, juke move up a little bit uh, <laughs> for him. But that is that is fun. I know. I think Justin Rowland has gone through in the past and like uh, listed some ratings that they were, you know, for the for the current team if they were to be in the game. Um, Rodriguez. That's too. Rodriguez would be good. I wonder why he would. Yeah, I think Rodriguez would be like another upper eighties type guy,
0: but. Jeton, That's fun. That's fun to think Jeton about. Jaton McLean would be the guy that I redshirt that just blows up into, like, a 95 overall by a senior year if he stays after you, yeah. after you train him.
1: Man, that, they also – I think they use the ESPN ratings as well for, like, rating their true freshman. So, in that case, DeKalcratis would, might like be the best freshman on the game uh, next year. That will be fun. Like, let's, let's try to project. Let's say the game comes out in time for the 23 season. So shoot, some of these guys we might not even know who's like. We got to project that Trevin Wallace, like Justin Rogers, right? Like those would be the guys who you would think would be maybe the top, highest rated. Uh, maybe like a Chris Lewis on that yeah. wide receiver.
0: This Bo he Allen shoot up to like a high eighties, nineties quarterback? Could be,
1: could be. That's your hope. they're I mean, uh, there, at
0: the tight end spots, or one of those tight ends who they're if they're around for a few more years. But
1: that'd be like, uh, that'd be interesting. I'm very excited. For that game to come back out. That was a fun question. Well, whenever that, us have whenever fun. that
0: comes out, we'll actually do a full blown Kentucky Daily episode talking about the ratings of Kentucky. Look, we'll do that.
1: We could get an online dynasty going. Our listeners that can hop in and we uh good
0: and we will we we'll simulate the entire UK football schedule on there and talk about it. Just like the content
1: it. that's gonna come from this. It's, it's all we need. We need yeah. EA to,
0: to get a hurry up on this thing. Get This thing rolling. And then we have one more question. This comes from Second Take. This is a good one, too, Derek. I mentioned this to you the other day. Will Kentucky Daily cover Kentucky baseball and or softball? Doesn't have to be much, but scores and upcoming schedule would be fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I've covered baseball a long time. Before I was even covering football and basketball every day, when I was in college at UK, I I was a baseball beat writer for the school newspaper. Uh, That was back in the Gary Henderson days. But I, I, what, media day is Tuesday, I think, Sean, the 9th, I believe. So maybe that day um, we can spend some time. I guess there's probably going to be a basketball game that day. But one of those days next week we can spend some time talking about uh, baseball and softball. I honestly don't know as much about the softball program this year, but haven't been around Rachel Lawson for many years. I mean, phenomenal um, coach, just yeah, that's right. Yeah, so one of the pitchers, uh, she does a great job with that program. I mean, you can count on Kentucky being like a top fifteen-ish, and it's
0: a team every it's single year. Too. When it gets into that regional round and all that stuff and supers, that's it's fun to watch. Uh, so I'm hoping, you know, those those are the athletes who lost their season oh, last. Yeah. That that those are the athletes that I'm actually pulling for the most, Derek, because they lost it. I mean, a lot of a lot of guys lost it. You got T.J. Collette who decided to, to return and come back. There's a lot of good kids in in those programs that I'm hoping that they get to uh, have some success this year and get a full year.
1: Yeah, Jaron Shelby was another guy yeah. last year. I think there's a few more. This is a big year. Um, this is a big year for Nick Mangione, and I'm sure when we talk about it next week, I'll detail it more. But I think their talent level. Anybody who watched them play, you could tell it really dropped off in 2019, and I would say even last year too. Uh, I've kind of refrained from saying too much about last season. I covered one series and against UNC. I think it was UNC Wilmington, and uh, UNC Wilmington certainly looked a much better team. But I do think that because of some of these guys who have come back, I think they benefited with some guys who maybe in a more normal year would have signed, uh, would have been drafted and signed in the MLB draft. They got some kids to school who, you know, maybe you wouldn't have thought. And I think the talent level, I would say, is going to be as good, or maybe not as good, certainly a step up, though, from the past two years. Now, what that means in terms of wins and losses, I can't say for sure. But I do think it's an important year. It's his fifth year here already, which is kind of hard to believe. So this is a big year to try to regain some of the momentum that they had very early in his tenure.
0: It is, certainly. Uh, But – that pretty much wraps up today. I want to give a shout out to the Butcher's Pub with two locations, uh, one in Palmville and one in Williamsburg, and then there's one coming to London too, in uh, March. So sometime next month should have an official date pretty soon. Derek, today their Facebook page put up a picture of the Buffalo Chicken Sandwich, so I think I know what I'm going to be doing for dinner tonight because it looked delicious. Uh, they also they have chili. Uh, they they showed it. They said, do you prefer your chili in a bowl or on top of your fries? So they have all kinds of menu options. Uh, So get out to the Butcher's Pub. Two locations right now, three coming soon. You can visit thebutcherspub.com, or you can check them out on Facebook. Derek, it's been another successful Mailbag Friday episode. I would say let's go ahead and pick the winner of Kentucky-Tennessee tomorrow night, but I'm going to say that both of us picked Tennessee to win that game.
1: Yes, correct.
0: I think so, too. But we'll be back to, to recap it and to preview what's going on next week. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.